Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Brought to you by Regions Bank. Ah, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations. Hopefully you're off work. Luckily for you, old Dirty and the Dilf. The big Dilf. Right there. Thank you. Let me put my Uh. Dilf. (laughs) And Psycho T have the latest. Let me put my Dilf hat on. And uh, (laughs) Tyler brought... Bought for me uh, in Vegas. If you're on YouTube and uh, in Twitch, you can see it. The Dilf's here, baby. <laughs> the big Dilf. <laughs> I love the voice. The Dilf saddled up in big the middle. Dilf's baby. here, baby. Come on now. Come on. Take a look at all of <laughs> all this. that loving. <laughs> Dilf season. <laughs> Dilf season. Oh man. Hashtag Dilf season. It was a tough. It was a tough Saturday night here in Houston, but. <laughs> Fear not, the Dilf is here. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna stop. Let me let me go and get out of here. All right, um, a lot a lot going on here right now, and 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 boy, as soon as the season ends, now you know the Texans are really at that that kind of watch what happens with their coaching staff. They have already decided not to bring back their defensive line coach, Jock Jock uh, Cesare. He was been, he was here before. Uh, D'Amico was here. He uh, inherited him and kept him, uh, but he will not re, uh, return. He said his contract has ended and he will not be with the team next season. But the big one uh, that they're looking at now is either their quarterback coach, Gerard Johnson, who has had uh, meetings or interviews the last two days with the Saints and Browns, and then Bobby Slowick, the big one, their, their coordinator. And, uh, and Clint, we're at the situation now where – Bobby Slowick is now having second interviews. He's already had interviews with five teams. Now he's having second interviews. He's having an in-person interview, uh, a second one with the Washington Commanders tonight, and then he's going to meet with Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank, and the uh, in the Atlanta Falcons for a second time. Dang it, uh, Bobby! An interview with those two teams. So, um, not to say that Bobby's gone, not to say that is the 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 case, um, but. It's serious when you start to meet a second time, uh, and and that's what they're looking at right now, and that's what the Texans are looking at with Bobby Slowick, and that's what D'Amico's looking at. And Clint um, D'Amico obviously hit it out the park with the with bringing Bobby Slowick. It seemed like that was always the plan for him when he was going to become a head coach that obvi- that that Bobby Slowick would run his offense. But this thing can be hard when you start having to flip this, and we've seen some of the best. Uh, defensive-minded coaches that have had to do this. Uh, how confident are you right now that D'Amico can pick the right guy and hit it out the park again like he did with Bobby Slowick if it comes down to that? Well, I mean, I, I hope, Ron, that the the uh, contingency plan uh, w- is already in place. I, yeah. Look, I, I, I think I think D'Amico did a really good job of, of hiring up front with Bill Lazor uh, being in the building. I, I think he is, is a, a – uh, a possible offensive coordinator replacement if Bobby Slowick leaves and the terminology doesn't change. Everybody's already familiar with Bill. Bill's been very involved with what's going, what's, what goes on offensively. Um, you got you got Gerard Johnson in the building, which he would be a, a an ideal um, candidate if indeed Colin plays is 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 in his near future. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be here in Houston more so than anywhere else. Uh, and and both of those guys together in a quarterback play caller role. Um, I would think would be a very, very comfortable transition for C.J. Stroud, for the offense, for D'Amico Ryans. 
Um, the, the key is, is to me, is is can he keep it? Because he would have to fill another spot, backfill another spot, because Gerard Johnson's already getting attention. The minute that Gerard Johnson gets a play calling duty, if he does, if he does do as well as Bobby Slowick and keep this thing moving, then obviously he's going to be the next guy that's going to be getting head coach, uh, you know, interviews and things of that nature. So the key for me is I think D'Amico's got a good contingency plan in place. Um, the key for me is is if Bobby does leave, there's there's got to be somebody else hired. Um, again, below say a Bill Lazor and a Gerard Johnson type guy to to be next in line, next in waiting. Let's say three years from now, two or three years from now, you've got to keep that. Got to keep. You got to keep yeah. the clip full, man. It's tough um, when you potentially could could you could could be in a position to lose the OC and the quarterback coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's the hurdle here to me. I, the, yeah. I think Bobby's as good as gone. Um, the, the the hurdle for me with D'Amico or the worry for me with D'Amico is is Bobby not a is he a guy where one of these teams, the commanders of the Falcons, say we're not letting you leave the building? And if that's the case, then that decision will be made before Gerard Johnson is hired anywhere, and then that, all the pieces just kind of fall in place. But if Bobby's kind of one of those outside guys that interviews for two weeks, and in the meantime, Gerard Johnson has offered something, and Gerard's got to make a decision before Bobby makes a decision, now it gets hairy. Right now, it gets hairy that you could potentially lose both guys, um, and and that would be the worst case scenario. But um, I, I think I think D'Amico's done a good job to date. It's about backfilling for what's going to happen next year, you know, or the following year, assuming that you continue to roll and put a good offensive product on the field. I, I've, I've said this before. I, I don't know if if Case Keenum. I don't know if he really wants to coach or not. I have no idea. But to me, boy, it would be an ideal situation. We we all watch Case Keenum play. I think Case Keenum is done playing football. Like I like I, I just at the end of the day, I, I believe that what we saw what he gave us. Gets the tight, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think he's even going to tell you like he it just it's just not there. He gave everything he had. It's just not there. Um, now a guy like that to retire and slide right into a quarterback coaching role if if. Gerard Johnson does go on to play uh, to to call plays in in Houston. I'm talking about now. All of a sudden, you got some real familiarity. Bill Lazor stays in the fold as a consultant or whatever it is, advisor, or whatever the hell they call it. Um, boy, you, now you're rocking and rolling. You're cooking with grease now. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, to we'll me, see you, what D'Amico's got. Yeah, you start to look obviously within, and Gerard Johnson would be right there. Be next. But I mean, there there is a de- there could be a scenario where he's meeting with the Browns and they fall in love with him and they say, "Yo, we don't we you gotta make it. We want we want to get this done." And he says, "Man, this Cleveland opportunity is one that can really help me." You got Deshaun Watson, got you know a, a a chance to really you know provide a, you know a comeback with him. People will look at me and now. Now, I think one thing, Clint, that we've seen over the last couple of years that has not been a deterrent to most, except for Eric Bieniemy, is even if you're under an offensive-minded coach, those guys are still getting hired. Even if you're not the one that is thought, because I think there's probably a chance Kevin Stefanski may yeah. <laughs> potentially still, because he Ron, called plays. We're starting to see that it is not hurting guys that have been under McVay. It's not hurting. Like Kyle Shanahan doesn't even have a coordinator. That's what I was going to say. I'd look at 
at 49ers next. And you got guys like Brian Greasy, who's the quarterback coach yeah. there right now, and Clint Kubiak, obviously the ties that he has here, who's their offensive passing game specialist and, and someone well, people I, really I mean, love. Ron, I'm, I'm looking at the TV right now, and and Brian Johnson is out in, in Philly as the Eagles offensive coordinator. That's a guy. You plug him into this system now, and he gets in the system for a year and – Learns the terminology, gets familiar with everybody. D'Amico Ryan's knows he's a dude. Boom, he could be the offensive coordinator if Gerard Johnson does lead. You know what I mean? Like so, there's there's plenty of guys out there. It's just a matter of getting them jokers in this system as soon as as soon as they possibly uh, as soon as they possibly can. Yep. So that is uh, that is the latest. By the way, also the Titans they hire or planning to hire Brian Callahan. Reports are so that one will be off the board uh, for Bobby Slowick in the division, um, which. I think Texans fans should be. It would it would have really been tough to see Bobby Slowick go to Tennessee, Ooh, yeah, that leave hurt. here, and then potentially make things work there offensively. So that won't happen. Brian Callahan looks like he'll be the next guy with the Titans. Five o'clock fire. All right, uh, some hardware uh, starting to come out, and it looks like that the, the Texans are going to clean up on a lot of these. The Pro Football Writers of America they have voted. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year, C.J. Stroud, as well as Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson Jr. Uh, also, the 101 Awards, I've been to that plenty of times and have been hammered drunk at that bad boy. Um, it's held in Kansas City, NFL 101 Awards. D'Amico Ryans has been named the AFC Coach of the Year. So the hardware is coming in. We'll see that a lot. I think this won't be the last time we see those three guys winning awards in this offseason for the years they have. Uh, which just again puts in perspective, boy, you could have never that 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 thing worked out. That day we were in Kansas City and we're sitting there, and C.J. Stroud goes to, and it's like we're doing we're doing street interviews, and it's like, hold on, hurry up, what what? And we see C.J. on the screen, and they jump up to go get Will Anderson. Yeah, uh, that has clearly worked out as well as you know hiring the coach to start it all. So what a season by by the Texans and. And those guys. Yeah, look, I, I think C.J. Stroud is going to clean up on the offensive rookie of the year. I think D'Amico Ryan is going to clean up on. I don't know. I don't know how many different publications or or organizations give out a coach of the year. I think D'Amico Ryan is going to win every one of those. the 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 one that's going to be interesting to me is is Will Anderson Jr. is 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 he? I'm, I don't even know who's in that in that mix defensively. Um, it was Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter had been yeah. leading it the whole way. Yeah. I think Seattle, their corner Witherspoon, had a really yeah. good season as well. But I'm not. I'm not sure, uh, especially the run there late. I think it seems to be a lot of people leaning towards Will and and the stench of everything falling apart uh, in Philly. Yeah, I think has hurt has hurt Jalen Carter. Yeah, well, that'd be a beautiful thing, man. Coach of the year, rookie of the year on, on both sides of the football, man. What a what a start and and look, if both of those, if, if all three of those guys do indeed end up cleaning up and winning every one of the the, the rookies of the years and the and the coach of the year, then so be it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think anybody's gonna see a problem with that. No, but they, what no. those guys did this year they is, is unbelievable. It. Yeah, Absolutely. they deserved it. It's not. Yeah, either way it goes. So we know CJ probably will. Um, Puka put up a hell of a year, but I don't think. I don't think that he's gonna move in front of the quarterback. Are we gonna get your flowers for sure? Five o'clock fire. All right. This is. This is. Um, I cannot wait to hear the backstory of what's happened here. The Milwaukee Bucks. I remember. When they fired Mike Budenhauser, their coach who had led them to countless winning seasons, 
uh, multiple Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Oh, yeah, they won a championship as well. Forgot forgot that little nugget. They won a championship, and they fired them. And we were like, wow, damn, boy. That had to be player-driven is what the thought was. Well, they hired Adrian Adrian Griffin, who had been an assistant for years, but most recently with Toronto, was highly thought of. He's been fired 43 games into the season. Mm. And they're winning. They have the second-best record. In the NBA, they are 13, <laughs> and Adrian Griffin has been fired. 30 and 13. Only the Celtics, Damn. who are three games ahead of them, have a better record in the NBA, and yeah, and they have been fired. Now, listen, I know they're defensively; it hadn't been, it had they hadn't been as good as as they have been before. I think maybe with Dame being there, he's a lesser defender as well. That might. Hurt you, but damn, man, it ha- it has to be Giannis or Dame. Like to me, to have to, for this, we're gonna fire this guy thirty and thirteen. It this has to be one of the star players that wants to make this move. Oh yeah, by the way, reports are Doc Rivers has emerged as a serious candidate to become the Milwaukee Bucks' new head coach. ESPN has just wrecked their entire. Uh, NBA broadcast team for Doc Rivers. They fired Jeff Van Gundy. They fired Mark Jackson to bring him in with Doris Burke. And now he may he may be out of this thing as well as well before the All Star break to go to Milwaukee. What in the hell happened? Well, I mean, the, the last firing had to be player driven. Yes, had to be. I mean, what boy? You're, you're talking about walking on thin ice. If you're the 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 owner, general manager, I mean, all of a sudden now you're just firing guys left and right that are. I mean, the last one was was a, as it. I mean, good God, it had won at an unbelievable clip and a championship. And, two and, two years removed, from yeah, a championship. And somebody didn't like the guy, so we got him up out of here. And now all of a sudden, we got we got this guy up out of here. I, I mean, that's a slippery slope for me to be uh for me to be climbing, man. Yeah, uh, reports out uh, coming around. Someone also said, um, who was this who reported this? Um, uh, NBA writer reported that Cheryl. It's not sure. Chris Mannix, uh, SI, he reported, uh, there is uh, there has been steady rumblings for weeks in NBA circles that several Bucks veterans, including Giannis, well, damn, Giannis threw your name on there, uh, had lost faith in Griffin. What appeared to be a smart hire last spring just never worked out. Appeared to be a smart hire. You, 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 fired, Third, you, you fired a championship caliber coach that was winning at a clip as – as well as anybody in the league. What are they looking for? <laughs> Red Auerbeck? <laughs> is Phil going to get this? Is Phil, Phil Jackson's got to be in the is running Pat for this Pat Riley guy. coming out is of Pat retirement? Riley gonna, is he going to also run the, the Heat and coach the Bucks? <laughs> Anyone heard, uh, heard from uh, Rudy Tomjanovich lately? Rudy is Rudy will run <laughs> with them badass knees to get that gig. What I mean, in if, if you're a, if you're a Bucks fan, how how I I mean, you're winning, so I guess you you're not gonna get real mad about it. But boy, I mean, they're just on the verge of. Um, I just like I mean, they're, they're, he has to. I, I just I, I gotta hear it. Like I I, I need yeah. I've got to like I cannot possibly think like because that's what I'm, I'm I, what I've been reading is defensively they have struggled. Well, hot damn, they're thirty and thirteen. I think he'd get the All Star break to figure it out. <laughs> If they're thirty and thirteen, I mean this. This is like this is like when Marty Schottenheimer got fired by the Chargers. They went fourteen and two. 
<laughs> That's wild, dude. Like it un pretty good at his job, it seemed. Unbelievable. I mean, at least they've been productive. I mean, good God. All right, they're in a two-game winning streak, so I guess we'll see what happens. All right. Well, uh, the Bucks feel like they had a fix. Apparently, Clint believes there is uh, there is the toughest fix that D'Amico will have moving forward. Clint's not that confident that it can be fixed, but I want to push forth some potential solutions to maybe see if that can help Clint and his feelings about this tough fix. We'll discuss that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, welcome back into The Drive. Tyler's pissed. Uh, I think other Astros fans may be pissed. Uh, the Hall of Fame has been uh, released. The, the new Major League Baseball Hall of Famers, Joe Maurer, the catcher for the Minnesota Twins. I used to hate him. Like a good sports hate, he would just beat my sorry-ass Royals teams. But Joe Maurer, uh, he, he's in the hall. Adrian Beltre, the former Ranger, Mariner, Dodger. He probably had some other teams in there. He doesn't like his head touch. I was going to say, number one thing is, boy, he hits home runs. Do not hit his head. And Elvis Andrews was the biggest ass hat who would, who would yeah. attempt to do it all the time. And he'd get mad. I mean, real Pissed. mad. Yes. But Adrian, there was a stretch where he was one of the best uh, infielders, one of the best third basemen in baseball. He's in. And uh, who is the uh, who's the third one that made it? It's Adrian Beltre. Todd Helton. And Todd Helton. Someone, Thank and I'll Byron. just be honest with you, uh, former uh, quarterback at the University of Tennessee, Todd Helton. Yeah. Um, not so, a fan. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, there may be some people who uh, disagree. I have never in life thought, watching Todd Helton in all those years in Colorado, that he was a Hall of Famer. Never. Never felt like he was really good. Never felt like he was a Hall of Famer. Like, I, honest to God, I don't just say this. To, if he's a Hall of Famer, I feel like Lance, Lance, uh, like Lance Berkman is. Like to me, like I, I felt like they were. Now Todd's numbers may be great. I think Todd may have got to three thousand hits that may have gotten him over the, over the the hump there. But I just never thought. I he think was, yeah, I just put him in because he's an old quarterback, man. He's an old quarterback at Tennessee. Uh, but the one the reason that that Tyler's pitched and many people are is Billy Wagner didn't get in. Um, Such horse manure, dude. Uh, as a closer there, uh, he is what. Sixth all-time in yes. saves. Ah, it's up there, isn't it? It's up there, but dude, he was uh, great. I'm not saying I'm not saying Billy that wasn't wasn't great. Um, it's just uh, it's just like I'm trying to think of how many closers are in. Um, you know, obviously Rivera, and Raleigh Fingers comes to mind. Um, yeah, I just it's a tough position to get in. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he gets in eventually, but. I know many people are hot about that. Um, Next uh, year is his last chance. God, it's been that long since Billy Wagner's been retired. I think this was try number what seven. Jesus, Byron? God, dog, has it been nine? That long? Yeah, so Billy look, just looked like he was young when he's yeah, playing. Yeah, he did. If he was five votes short, man, they better put his ass in next year. He's got to go in. Like, there's a part of me is like, all right, man, your eighth try. Like, there's a part of me like, hey, man. Y'all don't think I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like. Like at this point, whatever. Like, you, to me, we get to eight, like it's it's pity. Now, I, yeah. Honest to God, I think it should be, all right, 
you got three chances to get in. Because like some of these guys, the, the veterans, we see it in football and, and all the sports. Oh, the veterans list. This guy's been on the ballot for 27 years, and they finally it came to him and it hit him. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, uh, uh, <laughs> I hope Billy gets in um, eventually, but, man, what are we talking about? Seven, eight years down the road. All right. Clint, um, this offensive line, to you now, you look at it, I think, uh, would would I be wrong to say your number one focus this offseason is trying to do something to fix the offensive line, fix the run game, fix the pass protection. I I would think for you right now, is that that fair to say that's the number one thing that you think needs to to be accomplished for this for this team in the offseason? Yeah, I think the biggest impact would be if they could get this offensive line um, get this offensive line right. Whether we're talking about protection or we're talking about the run game, yes, I, I think fixing the offensive line is uh, is the number one priority, and I think it's, it's going to be the toughest fix for D'Amico Ryans, yes. I think it's very fair, and I, I just want to see how you feel about and the people – uh, out there, the drive family, how you feel about just some solutions. So this is the first one. Hey, Nick, we become buddies. Kind of. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Nick has forgiven you, but. Probably had. We've not. I'm going to get him to. I'm going to get Nick to say, hey, hey, Ron. Stop, I'm getting. <laughs> Thanks, Nick, guys. Appreciate it. You're my guy. Um, D'Amico and company. Listen, this, this is harsh. It may sound harsh, but the great work that you all have done. This organization and this team are in a completely different space. Yes, what you did this year, going 10-7, and winning the AFC South and winning a a playoff game to get to the divisional round, the expectations are different. The arrow's pointed up. You are blown past um, what what the pace that that, that fans were hoping you would be at. And now the, the Super Bowl window clock, to me, has started. When your quarterback is cheap, it has started right now. You are third, third in, in in the NFL when it comes to the amount of money you can spend on free agents. You are third in salary cap dollars. You gotta let this Kenyon Green dream go. Um, he can't. I mean, it's 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 over. Uh, there is only really one place that you can really come in and fix and add a real fix on the offensive line, it's not going to be Titus Howard, who you just paid $18 million per. It's not going to be Shaq Mason, who you just paid big money at right guard. It's probably not going to be at center, where you just moved up in the second round to draft Juice Scruggs to having play guard this second half this year. But you'd imagine, as we saw, as Clint just broke down, he is a better fit at center. And, and Seth Payne said that as well, and I think – you drafted him to be your starting center. And then, obviously, Laramie Tunsil is the highest-paid player, uh, offensive lineman in the game. He's, the money side again? That's you. He's not going anywhere. So, left guard is the spot where you can make a change. Kenyon Green, you drafted 15th. As someone had texted in earlier and said, am I crazy to think that maybe Kenyon Green takes D'Amico's uh, plan to take care of his body to heart in April? Stop. We, I mean, we, we don't have time for that. Right now, your your expectations to get further than the divisional round. The expectation now is to be playing this week, next year, in the years to come. And Kenyon Green, you don't have time to wait on that. So for me, Clint, I think you go 
and spend some dollars at a left guard and find a left guard right now that has leadership, that has experience as a veteran, that maybe brings some of that attitude that you sorely want this team to have. To me, that is the first thing that you have to look at. And the other thing to me is I think clearly with this group, you've got to get um, and get more serious about the running back that you have back there. You've talked about Saquon Barkley a lot. Okay, a left guard and a running back we know are not the high-dollar items in the NFL. So you can easily get that done. Maybe it's not Saquon, but somebody there. I think, to me, those are the two fixes that are actually doable when you look at what else is around them in the offensive line because I don't think many changes can be made. If they did those two things, would that give you some confidence to feel better about the improvement you think this O-line needs? Oh, it, it, Yeah, that'll give me confidence. I mean, you go and get a huge upgrade at the left guard position. It's a veteran that's a leader, that's an alpha, that that has a bigger voice than – than Laramie or or the the coach, yeah, that that would go a long way. And but and that, the one pushback I have is you you said um, uh, Saquon Barkley. It doesn't have to be Saquon. No, it has to be Saquon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, that I, tight, it, it, like yeah. it just ha- like it just ha- to be clear, like like I think this offensive line is is bad enough right now. And needs like I don't think they can swing enough in a direction of we're just going to do like what the 49ers did before they went and got Christian McCaffrey or like right now what the Dolphins are doing uh, with with a couple of guys that were that were in in San Francisco before and drafting a chain and kind of playing a three man deal with some guys that can run like I, I don't I think this this offensive line has to. In order to do the committee and have multiple guys back there and 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 get guys that are that are lower tier backs to produce at a high level, this offensive line is not doing that. So I I think it ha- it has to, absolutely has to be a guy if you're going to overcome the issues that this offensive line has right now. Um, it it has to be a guy like Saquon. It it ha- absolutely has to be a guy that is a game change, and there ain't but a handful of them in the league right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think those are two, those are two really good. You're like, limited. It, really, it's the only two options that they have. You're limited with because severely upgrade, like drastically upgrade at left guard, and go get a game changing running back. I know for you, you'd like to probably just say, "Hey, man, let's just upgrade about three of these guys up here." Well, like. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you. I would feel a lot better about the situation if, if we just had guys that were that that appeared to be held accountable. Like we can't run the football. Um, we got to practice. I mean, we we just got absolutely embarrassed up front. Like it's okay to say, "Hey, man, we just got our ass kicked up front." Um, yeah, I just I don't know. I you can't replace the guys that you've already paid a bunch of money to. That's that's just ain't gonna yeah, happen. Not one year in. All right, we've uh we. We'll continue with this because I'm seeing people roll through. Those are uh, those are to me are the the realistic fixes, not the dreams of oh let's trade. No, those are the realistic fixes. Do you like them? I see some people going in a different direction. We'll continue that as we keep rolling here on the drive. Sports Radio 610 presents the drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, I've seen this uh, as we're talking about as I, I gave my two. Um, what I think realistic fixes are to help this offensive line that uh, that just took Clint there uh, today. 
who started out with a very positive mood, then he watched the first half, five series, and then he uh, he was as disgusted as, as he could possibly be. Someone text in Hunter Newman on uh, – uh, I gave you first and last, Hunter. Hunter Newman, our guy on uh, on YouTube, uh, said, I really think y'all overreacting to the O-line. Uh, get some guys healthy and let them play – uh, where they're supposed to, it'll come together. Oh, I mean, that's an option, uh, as I see some other people, and I see this a couple of times. Yo, hey, Jarrett Patterson can play guard. And listen, I'm just telling you, in my opinion, where the Houston Texans are, are not in a place of Jarrett Patterson. Let's, let's like, to really fix this run game, let's move Jarrett Patterson and have that as the plan. When you right now have a, a window to get, to try to get with what it looks like a top ten quarterback you have with C.J. Stroud and this crew, and the ability to spend money in a route that you're not going to have once C.J. Stroud gets paid. I I would feel more comfortable going out and finding somebody. Like I said, there's a guard from the Ravens that's a free agent. Uh, the Rams, their their guard, the number one guy, he is a free agent. I would feel comfortable spending money there and then uh, going after a big-time back that can make uh, offensive lines look better. And Clint has talked about uh, Saquon Barkley, who, uh, who I think has a, a great chance to be available, uh, and I'm with you on that. But, like, the Jarrett Patterson, like, uh, he's, to me, in a pinch. Like, I just I, – I, I just – you have the ability to go in better than Kenyon Green or Jarrett Jer- or Patterson because those are hopes right now. And from what you looked at, Clint, I, I don't think I don't think that's the yeah, answer. I, I mean, look, be patient if you want to. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, like I like I, I don't have. I was at a spot where I was like, hey man, I'm 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 okay with the with the progress they made this year. I'm okay with where, but when you got there. You got, you got bullied across the board. I mean, you got, you you got like, they gave it to you, and and you appeared to just like it, like it, like there, there's no, like yeah. I mean, it was not. Accepted. If we were at a stage where it's like, you know, hey man, that's football. It happens, and. You know, we get a couple of upgrades here, there, cool. No, I mean, or if, it, or if we were at A, we won seven games when, last year, and we're just moving. Yeah, when no, you're, Jack, Ron, when your expectations team, are different, when your team shows up in the biggest moment of the season, and, and again gets bullied by by just a, a, a good football team, a good defensive front, but not. I mean, it's it's not. They ain't Hall of Famers up there. Yeah, I just like we said yesterday, yo. One thing was clear is that the Texans weren't ready and weren't on that level. Correct. And that jumped out even more when it came in the trenches, specifically on the offensive line. And that's the deal is well, what came out of that game, that's where you got to get to. Yeah. And I forgive me if I'm not willing, as this texture says, is does Kenyon Green suck or was he simply injured? I don't have time to figure that out. I need answers. And answers that I know. And to me, well, Jarrett Patterson is not also saying stick him at guard or set sixth-round pick, and that's the answer. For well, me. Uh, again, I mean, I, I've said this multiple times. Uh, I, I don't have any inside source. I, all I can do is tell you what I've seen from Kenyon Green. It appears to me that 
Kenyon Green is is not in was was not in shape. It appeared to me that that Kenyon Green was not real motivated. It appeared to me that that Kenyon Green was obviously at some point in time was injured. Um, it, it, it's you don't. There's nothing about Kenyon Green other than the where he was drafted. When you say guard at 15, you think plug and play. Let's go, dog. I mean, dude that played college. Like you, you're you're talking about like some of the best college guards we've ever seen play. Like you watch their their film and you're like, yeah, that dude's plug and play. Kenyon Kenyon ain't even remotely close to that. No. Like I would be, I would put I would put money on Kenyon Green showing up out of shape. And showing up as if he as if he hasn't been a professional and hasn't taken this this off time like he should change his body like he should be a different animal when he comes back. Um, given on what's given what's happened and and you know you got to believe that there's there's first round talent there or, or Nick wouldn't have took him there, right? There there should be a different body, a different being, a a, a different a, a a different dog, if you will. Inside there, yeah. When we see Kenyon Green next, and and I'm gonna be, I, I don't know that I would. I just, well, I, I if I'm if I'm with the Texans, if I'm Nick or D'Amico, where I am right now, You're not I don't have You're I don't have time to to, fair, to fair. cross my fingers and hope. Larry, you got time? You ready to? Is that is that the answer for you, Larry? Uh, let's let's wait on Jarrett Patterson or. or I believe you like my fixes. I, I believe Larry. You, I I think you can get down with my fixes. So I, I, I can Run. get down to it to the I, I can get down to it to the point of you got all that money tied up in your offensive line already, man. And th- this is about this isn't I don't even think this is about the coaching. I think this is about Laramie Tonsil and his attitude towards doing the, the, the grunt work and being a real dog. See everybody used to laugh when I used to talk about he Gucci and you know, Fendi, and I wearing tight jeans. Everybody used to laugh about that stuff until your ass see the effort that he gave in, in those series. And I got to thank the Baytown Badass for breaking that down because I watched it in real time, and I think I tweeted about that. D'Amico ass needs to call a timeout and get in all their ass because that, what, that kind of effort, man, was not acceptable in that big of a game. And then once Laramie did it, Everybody ass started doing it. But here's the thing, so you got two positions, left guard and center, that you don't have a lot of money tied up in. You move juice ass back to center. Agreed. And then every everybody else over there is competing for that left guard spot. And if that means y'all haven't said the word yet, but if Kenyon Green is a bust, then let his ass be a bust. But Josh Jones and the other Kendrick Green them dudes have to go out there and take that spot because they got a lot of backup offensive linemen over there that they can make compete. And here's the other thing. I know we can't do it, but if Larry Tonsil ass does not have any desire to become what Trent, uh, Trent Williams and Dwayne Brown was, then you move his big ass at some point because I like Larry Tonsil, but he don't have that dog in him when it comes to run blocking, man. And for him to get done like he was getting done by Kyle Van Noy and all these other dudes after the week where he just dogged Miles Garrett, that is an effort and unacceptable thing on Larry Point. Last thing before I let y'all go. Lance McCullough's ass. I'm tired of his ass, too. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Lance guy. But he went on the air and said his ass won't be ready to July. 
No, dog. We have paid you $18 million for two seasons, and your ass ain't going to be ready. How the hell did Justin Verlander come back so fast from his? No, man, look. Lance, we want to bury your ass in the H. We'll do that after we ship your ass on out the way because we're trying to win World Series. And if you ain't going to give us nothing, big fella, hey, man, go get it somewhere else, man. No, I can't wait for your ass in July. We got some fish to fry to get that ring back from the most sorry-ass Oklahoma Rangers in our hall. All right, Larry. I, I, <laughs> he can catch a flight back to Texas, <laughs> back to the H. That, huh, was his, that was him as being as nice as he could with him. Good, <laughs> as nice as he could. I like it, Lance. It's, it's hard, though, Ron, because, you. I mean, like Lance is one of them dudes, like everybody. I've never met somebody that was like, you know, I don't I don't care. I, I just don't like the dude. Like, I, just, I think Verlander rubs people wrong, some people wrong. I mean, you know, they're like they're like usually, especially when you get that cocky white dude, like he, like that guy oh, just yeah, he, like he just tends to rub folks uh, he, wrong sometimes. Yeah, he throat especially slash, when they're rich and got all that damn. Money. Oh, he uh, throat slash you, yeah. Like Lance, like Lance, I, like I've never met somebody, I've never met somebody. So, you know, I just, let Lance McCullers, I just don't like him. Now you talk about his availability and the certain the 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 health the, the uh, updates on his on his surgeries. Bury me in the age. But like everybody wants to give Lance the benefit of the doubt. Everybody wants to like Lance, and everybody wants to see Lance do well. They just want to see him. He's wearing folks then with these. They just want to see him. I know. They just want to see. Him. I, I, one thing I can't agree with him. Like when you just you say it out loud, Larry. You said Josh Jones. Like you ever name it Josh Jones and 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 Patterson? Like I just can't. I just But that's what scares me though, Ron. You mentioned you mentioned a veteran that's got a that's an alpha that's got a voice. Anything short of that, you're not no, they're falling this. in line. They're I just agree. falling in line. I, 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 like, I agree. Listen, I could be again, I could be wrong, but I agree wholeheartedly. I just the like there were some problems on that field Saturday. But the emergence of Nico Collins and getting Tank Dale back, I feel like I got a chance with receivers, right? Like the, the other places yeah. there was no chance. That was the the glaring, the glaring. Even the D line no. showed moments, and they got ran through. There were no moments, Ron, from them dudes. When, when I watch, you the, can't say Josh Jones, what, Ron. When I watch the film, and and I'm immediately mad as hell at D'Amico Ryan's for for his post game presser and not bringing it up. It was bad, brother. That bad. That was bad. All right, Clint, great job. Uh, Tyler, great job. Shout out to Seth. Uh, shout out to Byron holding it down as well. Um, I am Ron Hughley. As always, Houston, we love you, baby. One of the Dirty Bay's best, man. Damn, Brian Johnson out in Philly. All right. Oh, 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 oh. what? That's Baytown Lee, man. Don't, don't, don't be, don't be trying to. Don't I be said Dirty Bay. Damn, he separated yeah. y'all like you ain't, be, like you ain't, ain't from, you ain't, like you and Brian ain't from the Dirty Bay because wow. y'all some damn ganders. Yeah, but you wow. over the north side of the track. He said you can't say it. This is it. He took that Brian Johnson from you. <laughs> All right, coming up. Always seems to know the way.